Hey, hello everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Welcome all the Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And I'm real excited for you guys to get in on a little secret I've known for about three years. Uh, I have an amazing guest today. He's done some tremendous things in not so very long time. Um, he's he's done it fast, but he's done it very well. Uh, my guest today is Jason Bogotsky, and Jason is the CEO of Pedal Fast. Jason, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How you doing, Vern? Oh, man, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Man, I'm looking at your wall in the back there. We got Rocky here. You got Rocky, and then you got, got a little business eagles. there. Eagles what is that your platform? What is that your what is that? Okay, the, so right behind me yeah, yeah. is is a is a you know, I'm gonna move over, man. Yeah. So right behind me is the pedal fast business model. This was the first slide that I ever made. Yeah. And uh, I use it all the time. So that's right behind me. That keeps and, you honest. That keeps you focused and yeah, man. Yeah, when the when the when 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 you had nothing and there was a clear head. You knew where you were going. That 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 keeps you going that way. I'm, huh? I'm telling you, the crazy thing about Pedal Fast, I've started like a yeah. number of companies. Yes, you have. And there's only uh, one of them that has gone as planned, and that would be Pedal Fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, know, the but there's been some like, there's there's been some happy endings, man. You you've done okay. <laughs> you definitely there's, there's definitely been some good. I always tell people, yeah, every yeah. company I fail on. But it just so happens that uh, every one, you know, the failure is a little better. You know, you sell it for $10 million, you sell it for $25 million. You still fail because you're like, damn, I, I could have done this. I could have done that. You always but feel that way. They yeah. seem to get a little bit better each time. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. So, look, so if I take a look at your background, we have some real similarities. You know, I started, um, I, I have this this history in adult beverage, right? Yeah. You have, I mean, Fedway, New Jersey distributor, you know, years and decades ago, I knew those guys because um, I, I worked in the industry and I worked on the East Coast. So I'm very familiar with with that. And and man, I, I where are really, you from? Where are you from, Vern? I'm from Texas. OK, so 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 I'm from Texas, but I've spent less time in Texas than I have out of Texas. Okay, but I'm back in the Texas as of February of this year, so it's been quite interesting. I've lived on, I've lived in Boston, I've lived in the Balt Washington area, I've lived on the West Coast three times, you know, lived in Indianapolis, lived in Indianapolis uh, for 22 years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and I just moved to Austin. Oh man! See, next time we'll have to do this in person and I'll, I'll come see you in Austin. All right, let's do it. That's a date, brother. That, yeah. that is absolutely a date. But tell me, man, about your, so you, you got started in adult beverage, Fedway. Well, you were in sales in Fedway doing your yeah, thing. Man, right? I, dude, I was, I was a salesperson. I mean, my mm -hmm. dad, um, I grew up around wine and liquor distribution my whole life. My okay. dad only worked for one company. It was Fedway Associates. He just retired okay. after 44 years. And he wow. was a salesperson there for 44 years, the first one that they had. So wow. I grew up around, you know, 
distribution, go to market mm -hmm. strategy, you know, customer relations, servicing accounts, on-premise, off-premise, all of the things in, in alcohol beverage. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was like second nature to me. So after our, um, I was done playing hoops in college, mm -hmm. I realized like this is the end of my career uh, <laughs> for, for basketball. And um, I, I, I started as a, a wine rep. And, yeah. Um, it, it was a, it was a very good base, I think okay. for any entrepreneur, you know, customer service and, and mm -hmm. really understanding the sales process. So, um, that, that's the core of me, but you know, uh, like most egotistic 24 year olds, I'm like, I should not be working with my dad. I should be doing my own thing. And yeah. I started a beef jerky company. And yeah, I'm man. Lawless food. jerky. Lawless you got to hear this. So I'm in a Wegmans food store. Yeah, okay. I'm literally taking a, a, a wine and spirits order mm -hmm. and um, a guy that was one of my accounts and a guy comes okay. up to me and starts selling his beef jerky to me. And yeah. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Like, no, I'm I'm taking an order. Number one. Number two, you know, <laughs> there's a whole corporate buying structure. You got to go up to Rochester if you want Wegmans to buy anything. And number three, what are you doing coming up to random people in the store trying to sell your beef jerky? So anyway. I go, hey, you know what? I sell to a lot of beer shops too. Maybe I can help you. Why don't we go grab lunch? I end up having lunch with the guy. He went to Duke undergrad. Yeah. Graduated top of his class. Yeah. Then he went to UCLA Law, was a okay. lawyer. Okay. A very uh, very successful law career. And he left it all to start a beef his... jerky company. Yeah. So I said, listen, man, if you're that crazy to do that, like count me in. And then we partnered on on Lawless Jerky and, and grew that business, um, you know, and, and had all the ups and downs of the entrepreneurial journey. And that was the first time. Yeah. I and, and I always we ended up selling the business. But for me, it didn't do anything financially for me. But it was like that was my MBA. I messed that thing up every which <laughs> way you possibly could mess it up. If there was a mistake <laughs> to be made, I made it and I got that all out of my system. Right. And, uh, it was a really good learning experience. And for what we're going to talk about today in Pedal Fast, yeah. understanding route to market and how food brands are built versus how wine and spirit brands are built. Uh -huh. um, those two experiences allow me to craft kind of the business model for Pedal Fast today. No, that's that's great. That chart behind your um, head there um, is a chart. And that that's your that's your your backbone. That's your foundation. That's your platform. And I, I've seen that chart many times. In fact, I've had one of those that didn't have cannabis maybe on it. But, you know, um, that that's very familiar. Tell me, what did you get? And let's talk about where you just went to. Let's talk about that platform that you built, right? That coming out of, you know, selling wine on the street and selling jerky on the street, right? And so, so this band starts with wine and jerky. I love it. So, oh, so well, well, we didn't get to the gas part, man. Okay. After, after, after jerky. Yeah. My CFO, the jerky company lived in Santa Monica and he calls me. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do next? I'm like, um, I don't know. Like literally had no clue what I was going to do. I, all I knew is that I was not going to go back and work for somebody else. I was going to, I was going to do this right. Okay. And guy comes to me. He's like, "Hey, you should check out my neighbor. He's a CPA. He has this uh, 
contract for butane gas in bankruptcy. Supposedly butane gas is used in cannabis. I'm like, okay, I'm from the East Coast, not really into cannabis. Don't right. know much about it. And I sure as hell don't know anything about gas. So not quite sure how this one is going to work out for me. And I ended up going... Um, I ended up going to Colorado and doing some research on butane and, and how mm -hmm. oil is made. And if you think back six years ago, vape cartridges were booming yeah, for the vape prices. Edibles and all all of the things that use oil was right. really taken off. So I get there, I'm like, holy shit, everybody is using um, you know, these products or the right. butane and propane and, and hydrocarbon extraction. There wasn't the solventless kind of uh, technology just yet. So I ended up buying this the contract for butane gas at a bankruptcy, and we became the largest distributor of hazmat gases to the cannabis industry within one year. And um, that one, I didn't even have it for enough time to mess it up. We sold it after one year to Cushco Holdings. That's and that's where you met Nick. And that's where yeah. so Nick. This is even crazier of a story. Nick played basketball on the West Coast. I played yeah. basketball on the East Coast. Yeah. And um, I get a phone call from this guy who's like, yo, do you want to play in this, this tournament in Vegas? And I end up going to Vegas to play with this tournament from L.A. Well, guess who was on the team? <laughs> Nick. Nick was on the team. And when you're the white boy that shoots threes, like you yeah. know right so Nick the the i'm the guy from the east coast and we come yeah. up the team and it ends up 15 years later he bought my he bought my company he was wow. the ceo of kushko yeah uh, i was the president of kushko after they bought the company yeah and uh man running a public company is uh that's humbling you know that that's a that's a that was a, that was an education i'm sure i mean we had a ton of success yes you did i would never work again then I watched the stock crumble after the vape crisis. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, hired a ton of people, grew the business, cut the business down, dealing with analysts, dealing with raising money, all of the things that comes with a public company. And it was probably the best learning experience from a business perspective in my life. Um, but Kushko Holdings also gave, gave me a platform to see all the customers in the space. And right. I got to see everybody. Exactly. Then I got to figure out what your problem is. And everybody uh -huh. kept coming back to my sales team stinks. My distributor stinks. I don't know mm -hmm. how to drive velocity. I don't have enough brand ambassadors. How do I do this thing? And I said, you know what? I can solve that. I saw this business model back in my food world. Um, companies like Acosta, Advantage Sales and Marketing, CA Fortune, Right. Um, they're selling agencies or brokers, brokers, national, yes. national sales organizations that overlay a distributor. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm not the greatest logistical operator in the world, but I got a good feeling that if I can find a logistical partner, um, which I have found in Navis, I can build a hell of a sales team and a, and a field team to go and represent some of the best brands in the portfolio. So I left Cushco three years ago um, to set out. I remember. I remember exactly when you left. I remember talking to you after you had just gotten to this thing. And then we, I remember us hanging up and says, hey, man, we'll be back. Basically. Yeah, I, I literally remember you saying that. And it was awesome because I left and people were like, damn, what are you going to do? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start this company. And I got a good feeling for this one. And I called, um, the first person I called was Gina Seglia. Yeah. Um, she worked with me at Cushco. 
And like, if you need a Scotty Pippen to like, she's the best Scotty Pippen there is. Yeah. Right? Like she makes everybody better out there. And, um, and then Arun Kerchetti, it's always good to start a business with a lawyer because nobody <laughs> appreciates the legal fees to start a company. So I called Arun. Yeah. Harvard guy. He was the GC at Cushco. Okay. And uh, Arun, Gina and I set out to start Pedal Fast. We started it literally two years ago of Thursday of last week. And um, I think we're... Congratulations, we're man. You. you just had a birthday. It's going well, man. It's That's so your two year, You're two years old and going well. Hey, we're yeah. going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about uh, how you're building that company. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits and... Our guest today is Jason Vygotsky, and Jason is the CEO and one of the founders of Pedal Fast. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And my guest today is the CEO of Pedal Fast. Jason Bogotsky. And uh, Jason, you were, were just talking about how Pedal Fast came to be, right? It was, um, and, and I want you to dive into that because I really want to see how you saw a need and you saw it clearly to the point where you thought it was, it was important enough and clear enough that you were going to invest time, money, and energy and relationships into it. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's there's two things, Vern. Uh, number one, I would not consider myself the smartest dude in the world. But when a hundred people say the same exact problem to you, yeah, you start to say, "Can I fix this problem?" And literally every brand, I don't care what state you're in, yeah. every brand had the same problem. And there's just not enough revenue flowing through these brands to build out your own sales organizations. When you look mm -hmm. at, if you walk into a Whole Foods. And you see right. all the brands on the shelf. The majority of these brands have three, five, seven, ten people working for them. Nobody right. has a hundred person workforce throughout the country, right? right? Nobody has their own field team. Nobody has their own right. sales teams. They're using right. partners for it. That's right. And um, when everybody said, I need help with this, I said, you know what? I can do this. Um, so it really came from just listening to the customers and, and what they were mm -hmm. looking for. And then number two, I do not believe in full service distribution in the cannabis space. So the- Why is that? Tell me that. Yeah, so the alcohol yeah. beverage model of let me go and buy product, mark it up, and then sell it, mm -hmm. right? It's a, it is a massive, massive challenge within the cannabis space. And uh, when I was working at Kushko um, and, and seeing all these companies that succeeded and failed, um, you're, you're, there was one common thread. Right. It actually was not margin that was putting people out of business and straining them. It was cash flow. Right. Yeah. And when you're a distributor and you're buying mm -hmm. product and holding inventory, your cash flow is, is upside down and negative. And given the AR challenges with retailers, mm -hmm. given the inventory challenges with brands, um, I do not believe that there is a mo that the full service distribution model fits today within the cannabis landscape because it puts way too much strain Mm -hmm. on a full service distributor from a cash perspective we don't have credit lines we don't have bank of america giving exactly us yeah right 
Uh, go ask Southern Wine and Spirits or Breakthrough Beverage or RMDC if they right. could run their business without, you know, a multi-billion dollar credit line from like Citibank. Those right. So <laughs> I didn't think there was the dynamic there for a full service distributor to work. So the, 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 the problem was, OK, how can you provide the service mm-hmm. of a full service distributor with that selling organization without buying and selling product? And that's where the business model of the food space in, in natural food, you have companies like Acosta Advantage and CA Fortune that are selling organizations and only focus on selling in relationships with retail. Right. And then they overlay a logistical provider like a UNFI or a Cahey. Mm-hmm. UNFI and Cahey right. are not selling organizations. I mean, just think about how hard it must be to get lettuce into Whole Foods every single day. Right. They're massive operations from a logistical perspective, and they don't focus on the selling side. They have their partners, like the companies I just mentioned, who do that. So what we are is focus fully on the selling and the uh, field activity, right? Mm-hmm. The, the demos and that type of stuff. And that has allowed us to really hone in and be the best at what we do and allow our logistical partner, Navis, to focus on you know, the invoicing, the trucking, the warehousing, and all of our technology is plugged into each other. Mm-hmm. And when you go Nabis plus pedal fast, you get full service, but we yeah. have two balance sheets and we have two groups that are focusing exactly on what they do and we're not stretched like our competition. So you put the Kehi and Advantage together. Boom, that's it yeah. right there. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, so... From a cash flow perspective, talk to us how that works for your your customers, your clients. Yep. So we all we all basically share in it. So okay, um, we don't take title of your product. So if we had Vern's Rosin, right, this is a new brand launching, and uh, you would have product in the Navis warehouse, but it's you own it. Okay, you own okay. it the whole way. So your storage. I mean that's. The, the, correct. So you're storing it. Uh-huh. We put in. We get an order at I don't know, Grass Door. We oh, place okay. a ten thousand dollar order. Nabis invoices the customer. They ship the product okay. to the customer. Right. Okay. Who owns that product? Right now, Grass Door owns the product. Owns the product. Mm-hmm. Right. They will pay their bill. Knock on wood. <laughs> no, they're, <laughs> Always, they're a, they're a great customer, and they and and they certainly will pay their bill. Uh-huh. Uh, they pay their bill, and uh-huh. then Nabis collects that money, and then you get it back at that point. Got it with your margin. Mm-hmm. So we you are holding that through um, the sale. Now there's a lot of companies that will factor that invoice. Right, Nabis will do is, that. Is, is factoring a big deal? Is, is, factoring is, is a big deal. The problem is the majority, you know, Grass Door has a great credit rating, mm-hmm. and but the majority of retailers right now, you know, nobody's going to factor off of them, right? So that has become a challenge. But yes, that's uh, why Navis, I ask. Yeah, Navis does factor. There's a couple other folks that are factoring, and and anybody who's a good payer, you can factor that invoice, which is the same thing that happens in the food space. You get a mm-hmm. big order from Costco, boom, mm-hmm. you can factor it and get your money back as a small customer. Yeah, that, that's that's quite interesting. You you know, uh, from a challenge perspective, I, I love the problems you solve with your model. Okay, you solve many problems uh, with with your model. Um, how would you say it, 
two years, right? What would you say about the kind of company uh, that you have built with your partners? How many, about how many people are in your company? So we got 50 people in, in the organization today. Okay. Um, we are, we just made a press release. We're launching in Michigan, Massachusetts. Um, okay. And we're soon to announce we're launching in Arizona. First to hear about Pedal Fast launching in Arizona on Plant Profits, man. Yes. Hey, we made news. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So we'll be launching Arizona, Arizona. Pedal Fast. Here we go. And, um, you know, we'll be upwards of 75 to 90 people, call it, you know, by, by the end of Q1. Um, but I'll tell you this. Yeah. One of, some of the mistakes that I've made that I mentioned before in all these other companies yeah. was culture. And, you know, when you're a young guy and, yeah. and you think you know everything and you got these successful mentors and, and people who've done it before, they always go, it's all about the people. How many it's times a, have you heard that before? All, right? Hey, I'm in the people business, so I know. You know, it it's is all, all about it's, the people. It's all about the people. Yeah. Well, well, as a 25-year-old egomaniac, I didn't know what the hell that meant. I'm just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I just want to make something for a dollar and sell it for two dollars, right? Right. We're talking about the people, and then you kind of run into cultural hurdles. You run into problems. You start right. to see how much time and energy it is to get somebody on board. And, and recruit them. And then if it doesn't work out, how much of a bandwidth suck that is. And you start to understand that, that what culture is and what people are and how to invest in them. And I will tell you that, you know, Gina runs uh, culture for us. Okay. Uh, this company has the best group of people and there's, and there's a couple things that are, um, hold that, hold that, hold that. I, okay. that's, I want to hit that hard. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break uh, and we will be right back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. I got Jason Bogoski in here and he is really laying it down about how they built the company Pedal Fast. We're going to talk about the culture, what that means, how, how important that is to success in the business. He is the CEO and co-founder of Pedal Fast. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Yeah, I really want to hit this because it's oh, so important. You're going to love this. So, yeah. Hey, and, and Jason, the other thing I want to hit before we hang up today is, is brand building. Yep. Okay? Okay. Those are the two we'll things people, I want we'll to We'll go hit. people and then we'll go people brand. People brand. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's do that. Okay. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is the CEO of Pedal Fast, Jason Bigotsky. And Jason is just about to really let us in on what culture means to his business and what the culture of Pedal Fast is. Go ahead, Jason. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I mean, culture for, for Pedal Fast is, is somewhere where we embrace everybody um, and we embrace kind of the challenges of where they came from. So mm -hmm. um, when you talk to people in cannabis, I have yet to find somebody that doesn't have a cultural or employee horror story, right? Um, <laughs> and <is> so <laughs> the majority of people are coming off of, you know, a very bad experience. 
And, yeah. But they're also saying to themselves, yeah, this experience wasn't great, but I love this industry and now I need to find a home, right? And I need to find a, a place where I can take all these experiences and, and showcase them. So right. um, I look for people that are coming off a bad experience. And now, why is that? Why is that? Because they know what they don't want. And, and, yeah. and when I tell them, if you want to create this culture, it's not me calling everybody. It's not, it's, it's all of us embracing this. It's all of us creating this together. And I feel like somebody coming off of a bad experience understands that. And they understand, um, you know, what it's like to not create that and how we can all do this together. So we embrace everybody here. Um, I mean, in two years, we have had two people leave this company, two people in two years. Um, I don't think there's another company that can say that um, in the cannabis space with the turn. What makes them stay, Jason? What? Number one, mm-hmm. um, the the ability to be themselves. Okay. Uh, the ability for them to work in an organization with a group of people that are working towards one goal. If there's ego, we get it out of here. If mm-hmm. there's a me mentality, we get it out of here. Right? Mm-hmm. And we are we are fully embracing each other. And then the other mm-hmm. piece is, well, there's a lot of people that talk about culture, but there's not a lot of people that do it. Uh, the time that live spend, it. there's right. the time that we spend in DEI, we talk about it every single okay. The time that we spend uh, together outside of work, the time that we spend, and, and the appreciation that we have for family. And, and kids and the benefits of, you know, having that, that relationship as, as you're building a company. Um, we take it very seriously. And when you come here, everybody goes, yeah, they, they said it was a great culture, um, but they live it and breathe it every single day. And we put as much time into that as our business model. And it's really paying benefits for us um, because I, when we get on the phone with a customer, yeah, employee we're trying to recruit, an investor that may want to put in money. It doesn't really matter who you are. You want to be a part of this because you can feel the energy and the happiness. And there's very few businesses um, in cannabis that have that type of feeling um, where, where you can feel that. And the last piece, Vern, mm-hmm. is, is transparency. There's no secrets here. We go over the financials every single month with every single employee. Everybody knows what I make or don't make. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's no questions. Like if, if you ask anybody in the company, what did they make last month? They're going to mm-hmm. know. What did they mm-hmm. lose last month? They're going to know. Mm-hmm. So there's no surprises. There's no like wake up call. Oh, my God, we have to we have to do a layoff because, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, 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 we're underwater or something. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, everybody's going to know it months ahead of time because they're they're seeing how we're doing things. So I think the transparency that we provide our employees makes them feel like this is their company as much as it is is ours. I think that's great. I, I think that's that is it. That is it. Uh, or you, when when you look, I, I love the fact that transparency because I think most people are scared of transparency. That they're afraid of of transparency because once you start it, you really can't stop it. Because once you stop it, you've just affected your culture. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a brave and a wise act to share uh, because it does create ownership. Well, I, I think it, it's um, I think vulnerability is is a great 
character trait of a, of a good leader. Mm-hmm. And when you are transparent, you are mm-hmm. inherently being vulnerable because you're yeah. going to show the good, bad and ugly at all times. Right. Right. And, and if, if I'm here saying that we're going to do this together, mm-hmm. well, we're going to do the good, bad and ugly together and we're going to talk through it and we're going to work through it. And after you go through some good times and some bad times and work through mm-hmm. those things as a group, right, then that starts to exude confidence um, within the organization that you can get through anything. So I think, you know, being vulnerable, stepping up and, and, and taking responsibility and ultimately coming together to work through whatever problems there are out there is is what Pedal Pass is about. And, and this team has embraced it wholeheartedly. And, and uh, we went from having to recruit people. Yeah. Now we're getting hundreds of resumes a month. Um, right. I work here. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, this, the reason you built your company right, uh, was to uh, really help folks get to market, accelerate their brand uh, building. Uh, tell me, what's the state of brands in cannabis as you see it from your lens? We're, going, we're right in the middle watching the evolution of like consumer packaged goods in cannabis. Yeah. Um, there's this vertical integration East Coast mentality that is great for profits, mm-hmm. great for making some money in the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been no real investment in brands uh, interacting with consumers and the type of activity that you need to do to build a brand on the East Coast because they haven't had to do it. The less amount, the less competition, yeah, right, the less people will spend on marketing activity to build brands. Yeah. As competition increases, just mm-hmm. because you have weed doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're going to sell it. When no. that changes, well, how yeah. do you sell the weed? Well, I need to now build a brand that Vern Davis really you know, Want. wants yeah. and feels yeah. strongly about yeah. so that you buy it like con- consumer affinity. So we're going through this evolution right now as we speak. Brands are going to win in cannabis. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You and I are 100% linked on this man i've been you're preaching now to the choir but i like it keep going yeah i mean the brands right now are also understanding what does it mean to be a brand just because you have a label on a jar does not mean you're a brand right um that's a product (laughs) um understanding how you how you connect with these consumers how you continue to delight them how do you do it in multiple states there's a lot of nuances with this but we're going through that evolution right now and people are starting to, to look at themselves and say, wow, mm-hmm. I've got all this infrastructure, right? but it's going to be for nothing if I don't have something to put it into uh, what kind of product. So if you're a white label uh, operator, you better find right. brands to, to, to manufacture for or they're gonna, your customer is going to die. And if right. you're a brand touching a consumer, just getting into a store is not enough. Right. It's going to be how do you do that brand building activity? So what we're now seeing is partners like Pedal Fast yeah. that are help you as a brand. And mm-hmm. now we're starting to see brand builders starting to do the activity um, that connects with consumers. And that's really hard mm-hmm. because you don't have the normal playbook. You're not able to do Instagram and all the things yeah. that a, a traditional consumer package good can do. But you can do what I'll call brand building 101. 
better than anybody else. Just get somebody in the store and get them to try your product. Yeah. That's it. And then the product better bring them back. That, that That's right. You know, it's quite interesting trying to uh, build a brand, a brand name, a brand identity of a product that's, you know, 2,100 years old. Um, it, it's it's quite interesting to to know that this this market, this illicit market is out there, right? And um, the opportunity for you is to create value in your business is to build a brand. Now, what that means is you, you've got to get people to actually legally pay a lot more for the product than they would in the illicit market. And they got to like it at least as much or more to do it, right? So you're, you're banking on uh, human integrity. You're banking on uh, the ability uh, to articulate and communicate those messages, man. And uh, I think it's a tall task, but a necessary one, and it must happen. Yeah, there's two types of consumers um, in, in my mind. You're yeah. either going after the the what I'll call the the stoner. Yeah. Um, they smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> they smoke a lot of weed, but that it uh, the stoner is typically a value consumer number one, mm -hmm. and an extremely loyal consumer number. Extremely two. loyal. And those yeah. two things in the value channel when you're when you're shopping value, you're yeah. typically not ultra ultra loyal. You're typically focused on price. That's right? it. And we have this this conundrum in, in cannabis where you have a super loyal value shopper, which is the stoner who smokes the most weed. So that's yeah. consumer number one. That consumer today, yeah, right, you can build a business around because they buy enough product. Mm -hmm. Consumer number two is the traditional uh, consumer that every CPG operator wants to get, right? The affluent. Yeah. Um the, the affluent um, man or woman, mm -hmm. uh, but the person that has discretionary spending that usually mm -hmm. doesn't look at price and they're going to be able to pay a premium, right. right? And, you know, the Vive Clicquot shopper. Yeah. Uh, that person, you can make a lot of margin in the premium sector. One problem, that consumer is not going into dispensaries just yet, right? So your job then is to bring that consumer into a dispensary which is very expensive mm -hmm. i think everybody's best friend in brand building is can mm -hmm. the brand can oh i love it i just had him on the show yeah luke is yeah. the best jake is the yeah. best and the reason yeah. why they're everybody's best friend they're spending the money to get that consumer in the door we need that consumer in the door so badly right yeah. because that person is is typically the the most premium shopper um in the store yeah, Luke will tell you, and he said this on, on the show, uh, was that every time he spends dollars uh, to at the consumer, at the point of purchase, it wins. He says it's every time, it's the best investment, right, is, is, is the closer you are to the purchase point. If you put your money there, you get a return. Vern, you know who was doing all of his uh, marketing at the consumer level at retail? Pedal fast, baby. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. No, I figured so much. That's great. I mean, uh, Ken has, has done amazing. You're doing an amazing job. How are you going to help me? I just started this business, man, and 
and um, I, I got a great idea, and I got a I got another beverage product, and, and for some reason I think beverage beverages are going to do well in this game eventually and create a lot of value. What what would you say to me? I would say, Vern, um, have you talked to many retailers about this yet? Yes, and the first thing I noticed there's not a cold box. Okay, so so <laughs> Vern, here's what we're gonna do. You may have spoken to a couple retailers, but we need yeah. to get you into meetings with 50 to 75 retailers. We have what we call a pilot program. Okay. The pilot program is a 90-day program where you're going to sit down with 75 retailers, 25 per month in all of the different regions of the state, and you're going to have 20 to 30 minutes to pitch your product. Okay. After those 75 meetings, Vern, you're going to understand all of the regions of California, and you're also going to get feedback directly from buyers' mouths that are going to tell you your price is right, your price is too high, your packaging sucks, your packaging is great, I want this product, I'm going to buy this product. And after that, that what we call our incubator program, after that 90-day period, I'm either going to say, Vern, you're ready for the big leagues, you're coming into the pedal fast portfolio, or we're going to have a very awkward conversation where we're going to say, Vern, I know that you think you have the best beverage on the planet, but nobody wanted to buy it you're going to have to go and fix your price and your consumer proposition and all the different things. That right. is how to start it through our pilot program. Our pilot I love that. program is, I mean, we, we don't have an opening until January or February right now okay. with the backlog, but the retailers love it. And um, we do nine brands per month. And we're taking nine new or innovative products and we're showing it off to the top 75 retailers in the state to get feedback. So you should know, so you know if this is a um, something that you should you know take the next steps on or not. Okay. I love it, man. This has been a tremendous conversation. My last question, man, is is really give me give me a view. Uh, look into your lens, Jason, uh, and and give me a view of what 2023 is going to be like. For cannabis i think it's going to be a tremendous year okay every single time in the six years i've been in cannabis mm -hmm. that you feel like you get to a rock bottom almost mm -hmm. of the space like where you're like man can businesses even make money here can you even succeed in cannabis right. i've seen that cycle like three times and we're okay. in it right now yeah. and there's a lot of people struggling especially if you're in california yeah. i have a really really good feeling that we're at that point and right around the bend for the mm -hmm. people that stay positive, the people mm -hmm. that have the investor base to get through this, there's going to be a lot of prosperity in the space. And I believe it starts in 2023, 2024. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like uh, legislation can help that. Right. Yes. But again, once you get to that rock bottom, once you get to a place where, you know, it's like I can't go forward. Is this even a thing? Unfortunately, in society, that's when that's when, you know, legislation usually takes notice. I mean, when there is change in anything, look back in history at any right. big change, it usually comes by something that that hits some sort of boiling point where it has to. Right. It has to change. And I'm telling you right now that in the space, it has to change or there'll be an extinction event of like everybody. And I think it's going to change. And you're going to see legislation help the space. You're going to see brand and consolidation and, and, and business consolidation to have more sustainable businesses. And we're going to weed out all the pretenders. 
And uh, I think we're in for a really, really strong 2023 and 2024. And anybody that took their chips off the table, right, hasn't been through this cycle. And I've been through it twice. Yeah. I thought I was going to be rich to the point where I didn't have to work. And like weeks later, I thought I was going to be broke and have to start another job. I've been through that cycle multiple times. And I'm telling you, man, right now, yeah. we're at that point where you got to believe. You got to believe in the space. You got to believe in the company. If you don't have that belief in your company or this space, you're at the wrong company. It's going to change. And we're going to have a great 2023. Well, I, I'm excited for it. I, I love it, man. And, you know, just based on what you just said, I, I keep telling people this is normal. This is what this industries is must do to become a real industry. I'm, I'm looking for the story of the, the, the industry um, or the company that started and it's high growth and there was no ups and downs. Like, can you show me that company? that had no ups and downs and just went to the moon, right? Come on, Tesla. This yeah. dude, what, people were talking about Tesla going out of business. And business, exactly, exactly. And it's this is normal. This is supposed to happen. It's working the way it's supposed to work. You just got to make sure you're one of the ones that stand. And and that's that's what's real important. And I'm sure, based on everything I know about you, Jason, that Pedal Fast is going to be here and you're going to realize it, and um, you're going to be key and critical, as you already are, in building brands in this industry. I have had a lot of investors in this space, and uh, the group of investors that we have right now mm -hmm. have backed us in good times and in bad times, right? And that's the type of investor that you want. Exactly. Um, we have uh, a big alcohol beverage distributor. We have a big MSO, Merida okay. Capital, WGD Capital, Arcadian okay. Capital. The beauty of those three guys right there, mm -hmm. those VCs. Mm -hmm. Jason, what do you need from me? How can I help you? We believe in you in the good and the bad. That's right. what you're looking for. And if you don't have that, then you're not going to be able to get through this kind of thing. No, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. You're exactly what's needed. You're the first uh at doing it in the industry and really appreciate it man i hey i love talking to you it just feels like we, we talked you know yesterday and it was hell three two years two yeah three years unbelievable unbelievable yeah, well, we're gonna do it again in austin uh, uh, well we definitely are and we're gonna talk about that here uh, a minute when I close this show about how we do that. But man, this is great having you on the show. I'm sure the audience love what you had to say and provide and love your, your principles on building culture and talent in your business. And that's how you're going to be successful uh, for sure. I am Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, my guest today. Uh, great guest today, CEO Jason Vygotsky, CEO and co-founder of Pedal Fast. And uh, we learned a lot today. And I, I really, I want uh, all of you to take a look and, and find Plant Profits, our podcast. We're everywhere you find podcasts. CannabisRadio.com is our partner. Go on there, give us a five-star rating. Apple, Spotify iHeart, Amazon, Music and Audible, everything. We are there. Find us, look for this particular episode, and I'm sure you will. 
uh, Jason Vygotsky, who's the CEO of Pedal Fast. We had a great session today. Then look at Protus Global, my company, my talent business company. And you can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media platforms. And you can really get a feel of how we are building companies and how we're changing people's lives. And that's ProtusGlobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, Global.com. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.